Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hashtag no music, no intro. A video version of the hashtag Saints for the podcast coming at you. Uh, Ryan and I are kind of in shock. Earlier this season, we got to have Lance Moore on. And now not only do we have Super Bowl winning safety, former player for the Saints, Roman Harper, on the podcast, we also have super fan, Dark Saint, my dude Max, who I've known for years now, uh, doing a big collab video podcast episode. Thank you all so much for coming on. We, we truly, truly appreciate it. Yeah, man. Happy to be here. I just I want to just start with your relate Roman, your relationship with Max of how that because I love seeing that, right? I think that's very a New Orleans type of thing where a player on the team can become good friends with a, a fan, a super fan like Max. How did that 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 friendship even cultivate? I I think Max may be better at telling this because it's been so long, but it was at the restaurant. Like, because yeah. defense dinner, we would come there and I think we came to your spot. I think that was the first time we ever met Max, or maybe I came by myself that one time. I can't remember. But eventually yeah. we brought the, team, the defense through at some point. And then I, I just recall Max saying, like, that he was like Darth Saint. Like, look, as a player, you don't actually know all these uh, characters that are in the stands, right? Like, you see some on the Jumbotron here, but you don't actually piece it together, like, who they are, where their seat is at. Like, all it's, – and it's it's a whole thing there in New Orleans. So um, so when he showed me his, his whole Darth Saint um, outfit or get-up or whatever he calls it, um, I was really blown away by it. I was – really taken back because he looks like a normal dude but in my mind up until that point i only thought like maniacs and crazy people dressed up for games you know what i'm saying like uh, putting on a jersey is about as far as i'm able to go but like he was like all in so to actually meet somebody that actually did that and seeing normal was kind of new for me as a football player at the time and uh and we just continued this relationship like max is a great dude i hit him up all the time he hits me up and I always know it's getting close to draft time because he hits me up with all the guys that <laughs> he thinks is on his draft list of who the Saints should draft, where he has them ranked at. And he always reminds me when he actually does get a couple of these right that, hey, this guy was going to be this. And then I always remind him like, hey, I was the first one on Chris Olave. Was I not, Max? Yeah, you were. This is yeah, you were. And, and so uh, we always compare notes. So anytime he gets close to draft season, we really start – pinging each other a lot me and max don't let anyone anyone forget our patrick mahomes love like we (laughs) front center (laughs) oh yeah he was he was driving the ship but i was the uh the co-pilot so we were both on it though we knew it man we knew it i didn't even know who patrick mahomes was so my college roommate was a scout for the green bay packers at the time and he said the most interesting things that he had seen in that draft class was uh he said this quarterback named Patrick Mahomes, he has, like, crazy arm strength. He was like, dude, the guy can throw a ball, like, 80 yards. It's crazy. He said the film is not good because he's all over the place. He's running all over the place. They put up 70 points a game, 50 points a game, and they still lose. 
He's not being coached up really well, but if he goes to the right system, he could be really, really special. And also the wide receiver that came out that year, Ross, I believe his name was, and he went out there and ran like a fourth, like broke the record for fastest 40 right. time. He said he wanted to I see him so. run and he wanted to see Patrick Mahomes. Those were the two big uh, question marks. So my boy was on it too. So he wasn't completely on the radar. So Roman, I mean, with your work uh, during the college, you know, ESPN college game day and all that stuff, how focused do you plan on getting like into the NFL draft? Do you plan on diving into that this off season or are you going to stay strictly, you know, on the college game? So the college game has allowed me to see guys before everybody else sees them. Uh, I specifically focus in on the SEC, but I, um, you know, now this off time, because now I I truly get off for a little while. So I'm not really like grinding on tape as much right now. So um, I'm, I'm a hundred percent as being a basketball dad is what I call myself right now. (laughs) And, um, but I did just text uh, Todd McShay yesterday. We Mm -hmm. talked for a second and I told him, I want to see like who all his guys are. So, um, so I want him to send me all of his top DBs and then I'll probably start breaking them down from there on who I like, who I don't like, and then kind of give him my feedback. And then of course I'll share with like the organization that I love, you know what I mean? I'll, I'll talk to Mickey and those guys. And I, I've talked to Mickey about stuff like that previously. So, um, mm. you know, if they ever ask my opinion, I'll always give it to him wholeheartedly. And Mickey loves my input on anything. He's, I would consider him a good, a really, really good friend now at this point in my life. It's crazy. That's know, crazy. How it has that grown to where it is. But <laughs> that, I, I consider him a really good friend now. Yeah, it's funny. After we drafted Elante Taylor last year in the second round, you know, a lot of fans were, were doing the whole, like, who's this guy? Why, why are we picking him in the second round? So I texted Boom, and he, he kind of gave me the, uh, the breakdown. Oh, of He's like, no, man, this dude's, this dude's good. You're going to like him. He's going to be a good player. So, and he was yeah. spot on with it. And and they loved him as a special teams guy starting out, eventually getting him in the rotation. They had some young corners out there. And you can never have enough guys that can cover. Um, I thought he was a physical guy at the point of attack. He really liked tackling. Uh, his coverage skills were okay. But Tennessee secondary is trash. So um, sometimes you got to play with better players around you, and then that will make you a better player. And sometimes that's all you need. So uh, they really liked his size, his skill set. I mean, I was a little shocked at where they took him just because I thought they had more needs in other places. But, hey, look, people were shocked when they took me when they took me. So, I, mean, <laughs> I can't say anything either, bro. I'm just Second round pick. It's not about how you get there. It's what you do when you get there. Exactly. That 2006 well, you know draft. What? Yeah, and I was about to say, that 2006 draft, you know, we were all I so high it. on getting Reggie that year. You know, <laughs> hey, we were like, so it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> it didn't matter. Who? Yeah, it didn't matter at that point, man. But then it becomes the, you know, arguably the best draft class, if not the best, probably the second best in Saints history. So, yeah. Well, who's, man, the, who's, the, who's the best? Who's the best? I, I mean, I think well, the debate is 2006 and 2017. That that would be the debate. Yeah. My thing yeah. is, 2006 I, 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 propelled him to a Super Bowl. So, I mean, there it is. That's true. There it is. Cannot do that. Cannot do that. And you know. 17, man, dude, that was such a good class, but they just. I mean, it's sad because we're going to look up and they're all going to be gone. And yep. they haven't done what I thought they – what we all initially said that they could do. I mean, you had Lattimore. You had Ramchek. You had Kamara. You had – who else did they have in that draft? Marcus I mean, Williams. Marcus Williams. Marcus Williams. Williams. So Trey Hendrickson. Yeah, Trey. Like, like, man, this class was so good. 
and but you're not able to keep all the pieces together and then yeah. you look up and you're like man we that was one of our best draft classes but outside of their own individual accolades what did they do mm. and so they may have more individual accolades themselves than we do because right. we're not gonna have a ton of pro bowls jari made pro bowls i made a couple pro bowls and other than that that's that's about it in our draft yeah. class um but drew came with us reggie was who reggie was um they may have more individual accolades, but as a team, like who, like we kind of changed the whole trajectory of the whole organization oh, as a whole. No so, oh, absolutely. So it, it's just a, it's just a little bit different, and and also the Saints had missed on so many draft classes and draft picks <laughs> before that 2017 season, right? Like, man, they had some bad swing and misses Speak for like a couple of years there. Man, they had, really had some, <laughs> yeah, they had some bad swings and misses. And the like a couple years before that, and they were really, and then all of a sudden they hit bro, a couple of really big home runs. Bro, let me ask everything. you. I gotta, I, I gotta ask you this. As players, were y'all ever like, what are they doing? Like, or were y'all just like, whatever? <laughs> I just always was curious about that. Well, yes, yes, and no. So, <laughs> I mean, you kind of trying to understand what were they thinking, um, especially when it comes to, like size, weight, some of these things. You're like, okay, check a lot of the boxes. Right. But then some guys, you're like, bro, how did this, like, for example, my draft class. I mean, we took Mike Haas in the fifth round, sixth round. Oregon State. Yeah. I just saw I, Mike Haas. He went into the uh, into the Peach Bowl Hall of Fame down in Georgia because what he did at Oregon State in the, in the bowl game. So I, that was the first time I seen him since 2006 when we were wow. in, in training camp. It was Dang. great. Took a picture with him. He's doing awesome. He's got three kids. He's living out there in Oregon, Portland, like, He's doing good. Um, but, you know, they draft him in the fifth round, sixth round, whatever it was. And then we draft Colston. And, like, I see Colston, bro. Colston's back's locking up in rookie camp. Like, dude can't move for real. He's, right. like, 230. Came back, man, lost, like, 12, 15 pounds and caught everything. And so you just don't really know yeah. how this thing, whole thing shakes out, who's going to stay healthy. My boy Rob Ninkovich, I thought he had been great for us. We oh. never cut him twice. It's like you just don't know, man, and, like, you don't know exactly how you're going to get there or what's your end goal going to be. And sometimes you just need a change of scenery. I think a change of scenery sometimes mm. at the right time does a lot of guys really well. So I have a question that Ryan and I kind of – it's just not us, but I think a general annoyance sometimes we as fans have with Mickey – is the tendency of him to kind of wait until the last minute when players are close to free agency instead of maybe extending players earlier or like, yep. like, Oh, <laughs> contract on the table. What you going to do? What was your experience? I know obviously you left to division rival. You went to Carolina, you don't got to get into numbers, but like, what was your experience or I guess your agent's experience dealing with Mickey in terms of that side of the business? So, after my third year, I'd started, like, every game. So, in my mind, I'm like, bro, I mean, I'm going to get paid, right? Like, so, but going into my last year of my contract, that was after fourth, my, going into my fourth year, I was like, I'd like to get something. And they were like, no, and we need you to do, like, more leadership, this, this, and this. And I was just like, oh, man, uh, okay. Because all you, all you can have is, like, what you can compare yourself to your peers, and so other guys that had been starting or whatever, they were starting to get deals after three years. I still, I did not. Um, they still want to see more. I don't think everybody in the organization was all in on me, uh, including my head coach, Sean Payton, at the time. So he was not all in on me. I know that guaranteed. 
Um, but I, it was deservedly so. I hadn't played my best. I became a better player as I started to improve. And, and all of a sudden, I had a defensive coordinator, that Greg Williams, who believed in me and helped me do some things the correct way. So that's why I talk about, like, system, fit, all these things kind of, like, going hand in hand. And also having good players around you. You know, bringing in Jabari Greer, bringing in Darren Sharper, bringing in Jonathan Vilman the year before, who now is a, a leader in our, our defense now. Bringing in guys like uh, Remy Ayodel or Bobby McCray that year. Like, all these little pieces kind of all came in and made us a better defense. So when I'm on a better defense, I shine just as much because – Everybody else is doing well, too. So um, so it's all those factors. But I went through it a, a weird way because I was supposed to get, like, broke off, broke off. Not saying I didn't, but I was really <laughs> supposed to get paid. And because um, we won a Super Bowl, I went to my first Pro Bowl, and I was going to be a free agent. But that was the time the owners opted out of the CBA, so you had to be oh, six on. years. So you had to be six years to be an unrestricted free agent. And then they nobody signed anybody. Remember yep. that? That was like yep. A, yep. almost like a collusion type deal with the owners where they like oh, nobody's yep. paying anybody unless you're like an unrestricted. And like you had to be at least like seven years. So I think like Julius Peppers is one of the only guys that really got paid. Um I got, got hit with like a too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got hit with like some kind of tender or something. I mean, that was the first time I made over a million dollars in a season, uh, uh according to my salary. Was going into my fifth year. And then I never forget, man, because Darren Sharp was laughing at me, dog. He's like, Roman, how does it make you feel that you're getting paid the same amount of money as Sadie Piscatelli? I'm like, oh, it's like, it's like, it's ridiculous, but it was what it was. So, and and so, and what you guys talking about, even with, with Mickey and those guys waiting to the last moment, um, Jari got hit with a first round tender that year. I got hit with a second round tender. They paid Ja that off season. And then the following season, we were like in the lockout form. So then um, when they decided to end the lockout, we had like three weeks before training camp. So instead of going like months and months of free agency talk and back and forth, Uh, I mean, because you only had like two weeks to strike a deal, like instead of them giving us like their D or C offer and then trying to negotiate, they were like, okay, here's what we want. And the best thing was we were kind of negotiating with ourselves because at the time we had some other teams that were interested, but nobody valued me and wanted me more than the Saints did. Gotcha. So we're trying to get to a certain number, and I got the number I wanted and then some, and um, and that was good. So I, I stayed on that deal for two years. Then I renegotiated to get me more money pushed to the front. And then after that third or fourth year, third year, Yep, third year of my new deal, they let me go because they drafted Kenny Vaccaro. So after Kenny's uh, first year, they felt like they could do without me. So I was cool with that. I was ready to go at that point. Uh, I'd have words with Sean. We were not on good terms. I was ready to get out of New Orleans. And um, and then I got to go to Carolina, and it was great. I don't I don't want to feel like we're, <laughs> we're keeping Max out of the conversation. I just want to talk about the the power of social media. Is that me, Max, Ryan, all have met through Twitter? Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot of bad things that comes with social media. Terrible. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm sure as an athlete, you can speak to it way more than we can. But the fact that we're all doing this podcast with a, a former Saints player just because of a bird app is absolutely insane. But I wanted to kind of Max to kind of tell his kind of his origin story as a Saints fan and what 
what's led to the like the Darth Saint persona and like alter ego. Yeah, um, I can remember vividly 1987, the Saints make their first run to the playoffs. And I was about nine years old at that point. And I remember going to the grocery store with my mom, and there was an actual Saints comic book. Like, I could probably never find this thing. would love to find it. Someone, <laughs> someone created this local, you know, one-issue comic book about, like, the Saints run to the playoffs. And I just remember, I'm like, oh, that was cool. You know, at this point, I'm just starting to watch, you know, football. I'm like, I'm, I grew up playing soccer and all that. And, and uh, so I'm starting to watch football kind of seriously at that point and just fell in love with the Saints, man. It became, my mom would say, she'll tell you now. She's like, you know, your mood was dictated by what was going on with the team. So needless to say, I was in a bad mood like 99% of my life, <laughs> except, for, except for 2009. Thank you very much, Rome, and the rest of them. But uh, yeah, man, it just, I've always had a, a artistic streak as well. You know, I like to to draw and uh, and you know do face paint and all that. I grew up watching wrestling, like just about everybody right. did at some point. Always loved the Road Warriors doing the face paint. So um, when the Saints won the first playoff game, God, that was what back in two thousand. That was the first time I did any any face paint, and mm. it just kind of spiraled out of control at that point. And uh, yeah, now my skin's bad, dry half of the year because of you know, too much face paint, but yeah, man, just, you know, you know, it is everything in New Orleans. It's, it's, it's we, we grasp onto anything that's related to New Orleans, you know, it's, uh, and, and Ryan, you know, you know, just growing up here, yeah. you know, we, we, we love anything that's New Orleans and the Saints are just a part of us. And, uh, that's why, you know, with the restaurant, the first time the guys came in, I think it was the offensive lineman and, uh, the quarterbacks came in. And I don't even remember how, but I got linked up with Freddie, McAfee a couple of years prior. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I didn't even realize he had my number. He shot me a text and he's like, yo, man, this is Freddie Mac. I need a table for, you know, 12 people at seven o'clock tonight. Can you make it happen? I'm like, I got you. And then all the guys come rolling in and then it seems like all the position groups hit group mm-hmm. one after another. And, uh, you know, from the location of group being right by Republic, which was probably, right. you know, the most popular <laughs> nightclub at the time. Uh, you know, we would see a lot of the players walking around. A lot of them lived in the neighborhood. You know, I remember Vilma lived in the neighborhood. Jimmy Graham, when he was here, was in the neighborhood. And, you know, we see the same guys over and over again. And then, uh, Rome, I remember you and you and Eric were coming in yep. all the time. So we uh, – I had to get know, the Rome, wings, dog. The wings are so fine. Uh, oh, the wings were <laughs> sweet delicious. Oh, they're so good. Oh. Dude, I, I, I was craving those the other day, man. <laughs> Well, Roman, I got a question for you. You missed the Mescalamison? Oh, my gosh. No, I don't. <laughs> no. It, you know the last time I took one of those, ter- like, a shot like that that would, like, just take me down? It was, like, um, I, I, and I hate to say this, but it was uh, in college I used to do this shot called a wolf pussy. It was awful. Awful. <laughs> awful. It was awful. Um, but I, I got a question for Max, because Max, you've shared with me some about this. Because um, I've asked you that same question: was that all right, Max? How did like how do you get from like you in this suit, run this restaurant, doing what you do like a normal dude, to like a whole face full of paint? You're like, well, it started just a little bit of eye black, and then it kind of just like <laughs> progresses to like a diamond. Then it kind of goes on. Right, tell us, walk us through this process. The progression. The evolution. Yeah, the of how it just got more and more. 
Well, you know, it's like the eye black is like a gateway drug. You know, it, it starts <laughs> off with that. Like a tattoo spiral, at the first. Yeah, yeah, it spirals out of control. And uh, look, Is it after a win? Like when you win, you just like keep doing more. We maybe, we weren't close enough. I need to do a little more. Like, how does this go? <laughs> Ah, man, I'll tell you, though, the first year it got to the point it was, like, to the, the full-on, was the Super Bowl year. Oh, okay. So, yeah. like, so at that point, I'm like, I can't stop. Can't you know stop it, so I said, you know, I, I said when Breeze retires, that'll, that'll probably be it. Because, he's, you know, being a quarterback, that position's going to last longer than the, uh, the running backs, wide receivers, DBs, all that. But I said, when Breeze retires, I'll go ahead and retire. But uh, broke it out this year, you know, for the yeah. Raiders game. We shut him out. Best game of the season. So, did our did our again next year? Did our did our meetup? Did our first annual hashtag Saints Twitter podcast meetup that Max yeah. showed up at was a was a great time. Um, yeah, but but you know, like anything else, it starts off small and then just yeah. You know, like Roman's brother is really into comics, man. Like I know, you know, Ronnie he is. Doing, my brother Ronnie totally into comics. Yeah. yeah, so he can understand it. You know, like I was a big Star Wars fan growing up, so. It was always, uh, you know, like I was a kid when those movies were coming out. So I'm like, this yeah. is, you know, I look at the Dark Maul character. I'm like, that's a that's a dope outfit. Just change the red to gold, and we got it. So there you go. Yeah, you killed it, man. Everybody knows that. Dark Everyone. Everybody knows. Everybody knows. It's funny because I've got to meet like a lot of these. Um, I don't even call uh, super fans. I guess like whatever the characters are, because. I mean, they're there every week in, in New Orleans, right? And mm-hmm. and like they they think that not only that, but they expect a lot of the players to be like, bro, you know me, man. Like, well, yeah. I've seen a couple of them. Like, uh, what's the boxer dude's name? What's his name? Um, oh, oh my gosh, it's totally to my mind. But it's like all of them. But they expect you to know them sometimes, even when they're outside of the dome, bro. Like when they see you, they be like, bro, you know me, like you know, like, oh. You- yeah, it's a whole gambit of it. I, I, I appreciate it, though, especially, look, I only played for two organizations. So um, seeing the difference of them is kind of di- like Carolina and here in Carolina, they got like a lot of superhero characters. So like I can see a Thanos. I can see a, a, a Predator. I can see a, a Iron Man I, and all these other ones. And my brother, Beehart, my oldest brother, Brian. He, he started this whole dress-up thing, too. After being in New Orleans for all those years, he started dressing up. And it was, like, the funniest thing ever because uh, he started coming to Carolina games and he would be the Dark Knight, right? So instead of the yeah. the, the Dark Knight symbol, he had, like, a panther signal in the, in the front in the middle. And so – but he had the face paint, the whole thing. He talking to deep voice. I mean, we'd be leaving games <laughs> and he's telling, he's telling the police officers, like, thanks for the day off. You know what I mean? So he's, like, all there. He's all there. And, uh, but he learned, he got all this from New Orleans. He got all this from New Orleans. He dressed up my last, like probably last three games in New Orleans. He like just put on a hat and he's like, dude, it's the coolest thing ever. Like people treat you differently when you like somebody. So you can like totally play up this character. Nobody knows who you are. And so he did this in Carolina and they invited him to this like superhero clan of Panthers things. And so they're talking to him, talking to him. And he was like, I mean, like, I mean, my, my, you know, they're talking about this player and this one and this one's been to this. And he was like, well, I mean, my brother plays. They were like, whoa, 
you actually know somebody? Like, like, so he moved up the food chain like really, really quick, fast. Quick. And, and yeah, quick. He was like up at the top. Like they were like, hold on, hold on. Like we just like met these guys. I mean, you actually like like you know one. Like you're in there. Like yeah, you know it's whatever. So, it, but it was really unique to see this side of it, um, and how every team and organization is a little bit different. Yeah, yeah, and there's a different mindset with a lot of them. You know, uh, I just like I've always liked face paint. I've always liked just you know yeah letting the artistic side come out. And uh, but when I get to a game, dude, I just want to focus on the game. Yeah, you know same. what I mean? Just watching the game, and, and I'll, I'll drink my whiskey and have a good time and yell at the opposing team's kicker because he's right in front of me. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it's not as much – I'm not worried about trying to run around and, 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 you know, I guess be recognized as much. Yeah, right. Yeah. It was it was cool, though, when I came it's to cool. New Orleans yeah. on the other side and I got to see my boy Max, like, actually got to, like, see him. Like he, I've all I've always known he was on the other side, but I never. Oh, and so when I was actually on the other sideline, I actually got to go up, take a picture with him, like the whole nine in my in my jersey and stuff. Yeah, I wasn't you, in you my see, Saint stuff, but yeah. You, you see him being all polite about it. He was coming over talking mad shit when he got over. <laughs> he was. Oh, what? oh my god, dude! And that was he, came, he, came over, he came over pointing at my ass. He's like, "He got you." <laughs> <laughs> But, you know, he's not lying. I mean, that was my first hold year. On. So it, it was a it was an old school beat down. Um, we beat him like 41 to 10 that game. It was uh, it was mm-hmm. ugly. And uh, but I was very happy because we scored my number. It was like very symbol symbolic for me. Uh, first time back in New Orleans um, and not in a Panthers, a, a Saints jersey, um, seeing all the coaches, seeing all the like the people I really, truly love, like Max like some of the security guards and, and people that have been in like the same tunnel that I walked out, gave a hug to like for so many years. Um, right. For all of them to still be there, you know, like those are the things that I cherish the most and the times that I uh, appreciate the most is like those type of, yeah, there it is. There it is. There it is. Don't be misled by the smile. Duke came over spitting venom, man. Max put on this, a smile just because I was there. I, I made, I made probably was heated. But this is before or after the game? It's after the game. That, oh, that was, okay. I, that I was know you were steaming. Yeah, he was Dude, not happy. He was not happy. I lost all the horns on my head. I was, I was. <laughs> so Ryan and I had to ask this to Lance. And now that we have you on, I feel like we have to ask it to you too. Which Saints team was more talented? The team that won the Super Bowl or the team in 2011? Uh, no, I mean that's the easy answer. Everybody knows it's 2011. Everybody, knows that. everybody knows that. It, it's, but that's that's the tricky thing about the league, man. Uh, yeah, we won 13 games, I think eight or nine in a row, and Atlanta won 14, so they had home field, so we had to go on the road, and yeah. we ran into a freaking buzzsaw. Um, I was at that, that was, game. I mean, dude, I look back, I'm like, man, Future had that joint rocking, bro. Oh, that if, I never, if, I, if I never hear that song again <laughs> in my life. Oh, I mean, somebody posted that this weekend. It's just like, oh, yeah, just kidding I, me. I, I, saw that, I saw that on Instagram, too. I was like, bro, I was like, man, I forget how rocking that stadium was at oh, Candlestick Park that it, day, bro. It was, it was insane. It was insane. And we played so bad. And so... And we blitzed one one time too many. Our offense had what five turnovers. Yeah. Um, 
and we still had a chance to win the game. And it, it just it sucks that we didn't win it because um, that was a team for sure that was like, man, we 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 were dangerous. We had all the pieces. Um, I just looked. My daughter just she's doing get hit me with some trivia earlier on <laughs> football. My oldest daughter, she's a crazy fanatic football fan, and um, and she said the all time leading passer in single season for yards and i had to look it up and she said it was drew Brees, but that was the year he broke it dude we broke every record yeah rolls had the record <laughs> drew through the record it was like crazy jimmy graham uh, everybody jimmy graham yeah we racked up like everything like we had the top five defense we had top five offense it was i mean everybody was winning and we were so good we beat the brakes off everybody that year and yeah we just everybody knows it i mean Shauna said, everybody says Giants, that. Giants did not want to come to the dome. <laughs> they did Giants. not want that smoke, bro. No, the Giants, no way. Eli, Eli would have been shaking in his boots, bro. Like, no. <laughs> he had no success in in in, uh, in the dome, bro. Not at all. Roman, something Here I always you. wanted to know, like, well, real quick. Um, the battles you guys used to have, like, in training camp, offense versus defense. Yeah. J- John Vilma talks about it a lot. How did, how did that come about? Because y'all used to. Y'all hated each other, bro. Like, <laughs> well, I, I don't think we hate as much as like the competition, the competition. fueled us. Yeah. The competition, like the competition periods, were highly, highly competitive, and it, it kind of started with like Sean Payton talking shit to Vilma, right? Mm. So then that kind of ratchets up. Then we got some money on the line, and somebody's talking some shit. You got. Um, Jeremy Shockey talking reckless to Greg Williams on the sidelines. Greg's over here flicking Shockey off. Shockey's over here telling Greg to suck it. And it's like, bro, it's like bananas. And the wide receivers are the quietest position. Like, the wide receivers never talk. Like, like what's Colts to go say? Nothing. He never talk. Lance didn't talk. Lance was a dancer, but he never really talked. Meacham didn't talk. Devery never talked. Colston didn't say a word. It was like, we had the most quiet wide receiver group. But everybody else talked. Everybody was talking. Sean had to talk. The wide receivers coach, CJ, always talking. Always so talking. It was like, it was just, it was always somebody yapping at somebody. And the competition, we, because we, we, we compete on everything. So red zone, who, five times, you got to try and do it. And check downs don't count as wins either. So, mm. like, you're not going to count that as a win. So, and we just kept track of everything, and we loved to compete versus each other. And for us, it was always so cool because we would have these new defenses that we might be trying to implement. I'll never forget, we ran a defense called Triple Double. So you remember that Monday night versus, like, the New England Patriots and we, like, blew their doors off? Oh, Mike yeah. McKenzie had, like, the interception. We like, yes. like, that's when everybody was like, okay, this team might be for real. Um so we had this new defense called Triple Double. So we were going to double like three guys. Depending on who was in the game, we we're going to double Moss. We we're going to double somebody else. We like doubling all these different guys. And like, but we'd walk around, stem to it. So we'd just be all over the place. Then we just run and go. And, and so it was always so good when we had like new defenses that we we're going to try later on in the week. And then on that Friday competition comes out, we tried on Drew in our offense. <laughs> and so anytime we confused Drew, we were like, Drew. okay, we got to change. Well, we got something. Like, we got something. <laughs> we got something on this one. So we always tried new stuff on our own offense. We got like the number one offense in the league. 
try it on them. Like, if it can work on them, it can work on anybody. Right. So we actually mm-hmm. built a lot of our own confidence on just trying stuff versus our offense. Okay, this didn't work. All right, that doesn't work. Or even me trying to cover Jimmy Graham. I was like, dude, if I can cover Jimmy Graham on, like, these certain situations, I can cover any tight end in the league because he's by far right. the best one. So – all these things I would try, and then I'd also ask Jimmy, okay, Jimmy, why'd you run that that right that way? He's like, well, me and Drew just got this thing. I'm like, all right, so you're just, you just making this shit up. On the so you, you learn from each other all the time, and that's just a competition. But when you got when you got good people, man, like mm. that's what you need to do. You learn from them. You take what they're giving you. You give them some too. And overall, that's why we probably won so many games. Yeah, man, I love the stories from the uh, the Greg Williams. Uh, you know, I remember you telling me about the uh, the Planet of the Apes story. Oh yeah, well, not the Planet of the Apes. It's the uh, oh, it's wet mon- it, it's, it's called it, it's called the Wet Monkey Experiment. So <laughs> and so, all right. So understand this. So you're in a room full of like, I mean, all black guys on defense besides like three dudes, right? Three white dudes. And so when Greg talk brings out this thing or talk about the wet monkey experiment, everybody's like, hold up now, Greg. Hold up. Where you going? We're going to Where Greg. You going with this? Yeah, right? So that's the initial reaction. Like, hold up, Greg. Where you going with this? <laughs> hold on, guys. Hold on. Hold on. Right? So then so then he he talks about a culture. Like, what is the true meaning of a culture? Or how do you build a culture? And He's like, a great example is the wet monkey experiment. So the wet monkey uh, experiment, and my brother loves this story too, Max. He loves it. And so you put five monkeys into a a closed inhabit, a closed uh, in capture, right? In the middle of the hat, in in the middle of it, you got these steps up and it's a banana hanging down. And so every time it, but the thing is, is if, so they put them in there. And as soon as they get in there, one of them goes up and tries to get the banana. All right. They go get the banana. The other four banana, the other four monkeys get sprayed with water. Right. So, boom, that happens. All right. Okay, cool. Then they release them again. Another one goes up and tries to get it, the banana. And the other four monkeys get sprayed. So by like the third, like the second or third time, they know like, all right. Nobody touches the banana. So, cause then everybody's getting sprayed. So nobody's touching the banana now. All right. So now they're all trained to like, nobody touch the banana. Cause we all get messed up. The others get messed up. If mm. I touch the banana. So nobody wants to touch the banana. So then they take out one of the original monkeys, put in a brand new monkey. So then they let him back in the enclosure again, the enclosure, the new monkey. As soon as he gets in there, he goes for the banana. Before he gets the banana, the, all the other four monkeys jump on him and beat him up. <laughs> so right. he knows not to touch the banana. Exactly. All right. So then they're like, okay. So now they, they take them all out and they put them back in. He doesn't touch the banana because he tried to go get it. He got beat up. So he's like, all right, I don't touch the banana. So now they take another one of the original monkeys out. So now you got three original monkeys, two of the new monkey. Well, and two new monkeys in. The new monkey gets in. As soon as he gets in, he tries to go get the banana. They all four jump on that jump on that monkey and beat him up, including the brand new monkey that doesn't even know why he's beating him up. He just knows <laughs> that's what you do, right? So they continue this whole experiment until it's all five brand new monkeys, all right, and none of them touch the banana, and wow. they'll beat up anybody willing to go touch the banana, wow. even though they don't even know why. They what? just know that's just what their culture tells them. 
So if you do it, when you're in, you're all in. And so that's what he explained to us about building a culture. And look, these other guys don't even know why they're doing the 40 up downs, like to get cashed in on this defense, but they'll yeah. do it because that's what we all hold each other to. So like, mm. that's just the standard you set and the way about it. And uh, it was a really cool thing. And now when you look at it, I'm like, mm, I could get that. I mean, I like sharing that story. It's a cool little story. Um, and it's just a way to think about it. And Greg Williams is really, really good uh, at getting guys to buy in and, and using different mental gymnastics to really just kind of get everybody to buy in and, and to see, you know, he used different methods. Uh, he's a psychology guy. So, you mm. know, we would call it scripted anger where he'd be saying this thing and all of a sudden uh, these words would be in red because then he'd have to like, oh, I need to be mad when I say this. Like, oh, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> then everything else would be in black <laughs> or green. Because if you just have a whole page full of black, like guys start, some guys have ADHD. Yeah, they don't, right. they, you start to lose them. So you put something in green, you put something in blue, you, and it just kind of keeps them engaged, engaged slowly as you go through. I have a, I have a question just because Pete Carmichael is still the offensive coordinator of the Saints of recording this. In your dealings with Pete Carmichael on the team, like does he have that storytelling ability to get the that side of the ball buying into what he's trying to do offensively? Because we we've had our our discussions about Pete Carmichael in his first season this season calling plays. Um. You know, Pete is a, a scientist, dude. He's like one of those guys that has his own little lab and he does what he does. I don't know specifically because I have not been there this year. I don't think it was so much about the play calling as much as just like the execution of the plays being called this year. That was really breaking it down. And the Saints have had an injury bug bad the last three years. So are they ever healthy? Are they ever um doing all these things. I love Pete Carmichael as a play caller. He called plays when Sean broke his leg. And we, like, led the league in every category. Like, still calling plays. And we ran the ball better. We were a much more balanced team under Pete Carmichael's play caller than we were under Sean for a few years. And so, uh, it's ebbs and flows to it all. Sometimes you get in the rhythm, sometimes you don't. And also, are you executing? Because at the end of the day, it it's not about the play that's being called. It's about the execution of the play. <laughs> So who's your guy quarterback-wise coming out this year? We got Bryson so, coming out. We got Stroud, Levis, Levis. Levis. So it? Levis. So for me personally, Max, I, I got Bryce at number one. He's just a magician, bro. Um, me, you've texted me this for two years yeah. now. You, you love Bryce. Now yeah. I have knocks on all of them. Um, my knock on Bryce is, of course, is going to be his size. I'm, I'm a little nervous about that. But the dude's been playing at that height forever and he was the number one quarterback coming out of high school probably the number one quarterback coming out of college and like and he balled straight up balled in college and Alabama's not even close to what Alabama is this year if he isn't right. who he is like right and that's hard to say um but Alabama's not even close without Bryce Young this year he's a special talent and it's things that don't come naturally to me um him figure he sets all the protections which I love that that means he's already on another level than most college quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah. He sets all the protections. He knows the hot routes. And specifically, he's not only accurate, but ball placement. Like if a guy's, if a defender is outside, the ball's inside. If he's in between guys, it's, it's outside the inside breaking guy and inside the outside guy, right? Like 
the little stick route. It's right here. So those things come very natural to him, which, but uh, other knock I have on him outside of size is I don't know if he can just dime a ball 65 yards down the field, right. just like, like Herbert can, or like Will Levis can, right? Like blindfolded, just dime one 65 yeah. yards. Like some people like that type of quarterback. So that was, those are my two knocks on him. My next quarterback, I got a CJ Stroud. I love his ball. Ball is throwing motion. He's got a great arm. He's got amazing size. He's more athletic than he shows on tape because he doesn't run. I don't know why, except for the Georgia game. Right. Next, you know, if he'd have been like that the whole time, probably a top tier guy. My only knock on CJ is that big games outside of Georgia, I didn't see him ball. And then also, and this is not a real knock on him, but he reminds me a lot of like, every other quarterback that came out of Ohio state. So, which is like, I hate that, you know, I hate that because he's taking the blame for what past he's done, but I haven't Mm -hmm. seen Ohio state quarterback work out in the league yet. Do you think, and this is something that I've kind of noticed with CJ Stroud and maybe I'm looking at it is that both Ryan and I felt that Justin Fields processing was a little slow in college Yep, and, and watching CJ, I kind of feel like the same way. Am I, am I wrong in saying like, just in terms of, I, I don't know. I watched quite a few games on him this year. And, and so I wouldn't say the processor is slow as much as like, he's not a guy that like extends and creates. He's not a guy that like, oh, pocket kind of breaks down and he's able to do this, step up. He did that versus George, but that was like the first time I seen him do right. it. Right. It was an like outlier. I hadn't seen him do it. And so I think Georgia made him some money, honestly. Oh, 100%. Um, and then Will Levis, I mean, he's going to look pretty, man. I'm telling you. He's going to be big. <laughs> he's going to run good. He's going to throw a ball 85 yards. He's going to be able to throw it through a, a, a tire. He's going to do all those things. But, man, he turns the ball over way too much for me. Mm-hmm. And so the last time that happened was Sam Darnold. I was like, you know what, dude, he's going to figure it out in the league. He's got all the intangibles. I know he had too many turnovers. I get it, interceptions, fumbles, yeah. But he's going to get that fixed, and he never got it fixed. And so I'm I'm a little shaky on Will Levis. Out of all the quarterbacks, the top-tier ones, I'm I'm shaky on Will Levis a little bit for that reason. The scouts, so scouts, coaches see that arm. They're like, ooh. ooh, ooh. Oh, oh, no, no, I'm telling you, somebody's going to fall in love with it. Uh, yeah. um, uh, what's the Josh Allen uh, effect? Everybody the, wants the next uh, Josh Allen. What's yeah. the what's the uh the other the other draft guy? Not McShay. Uh, oh, uh, yeah, uh, Mel Kuyper's got Will Levis number one. One, so I believe yeah. it. Um, I know this because the Saints don't have a first round pick; they have a second round pick. There's talks of them maybe drafting a quarterback in the second round, or like a, on a project, whether that be an Anthony Richardson or I, um, I don't know if he'll be there. Quarterbacks, people reach. They reach. People reach, or, dog. Or like a Hendon Hooker who probably because of the injury may fall. Okay. So like my only my only thing that I'm nervous about when you draft Hendon Hooker in the second or third round is that all right. Well, what are you expecting? Mm, because right. he's gonna he's older, but he's still gonna need time to develop because mm. he shined in an offense that's nothing like a NFL style offense. Like, that's Tennessee offense. Guys are running wide open all the time. And he's throwing a deep ball or he's throwing a, sh- a, a slant or a stop. It's not a lot of, like, 
routes that build off each other like they mm. do in the league where I hit my fifth step, I'm dropped, I'm stepping up, I'm going to my first read, second read, third read, or check down. And so things that are built off each other, Hendon Hooker did such a good job of seeing it, one, two, or I'm running. One, two, oh, maybe it's a check down. But they don't really get a lot of check downs at Tennessee. That's not what they run in their offense. He was the check down with the legs. So his offense, what he did in college and was so good at in college, it looks nothing like what it will do on Sunday. So that's my other thing is that, okay, well, when you draft him there, what are you looking for and how far, how mm. fast are you looking on return on your investment? Yeah. His accuracy worries me. I think I texted uh, yeah, Robin yeah, and yeah. Adam about mm-hmm. this. His, like, yeah. I'm watching eight-yard passes, and they're, they're, three they're feet high. the people's heads. Yeah. I, that was the Georgia game. mostly over-the-ball stuff. So throws across the middle. He was he he missed throws across the middle. That would concern me. I'm like, look, yeah. in the NFL, bro, you got to dime that. It's, uh, it's precious, uh, precious uh, space in between the hash and the numbers in the NFL. Yeah. You got to be able to rope that ball. Got 12, 15 yards. That's got to be a layup. That's a layup. Right. It's a layup. And if you miss the layups, if you miss it by a yard and a half, that's intercepted. That's big. Right. <laughs> got time to get there. And, exactly. and what's open in the NFL or what's open in college, I'm like, dude, you got to throw that. Man. And I'm only, I only feel confident talking about these things because I saw Drew do it for so many years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah so I yeah. saw him go through his progressions. I saw him like, okay, where the quarterback's eyes need to be. And I played quarterback in high school, but it's in no comparison to say – I know enough to be able to say all these things without witnessing one of the greatest do it on a day in day out basis and what his feet were doing, what his mindset was doing to see him throw a ball, then go through his other two or three reads and be like, okay, so that's what a true quarterback is supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But then I also saw Cam Newton go out there and ball too. Yeah. It's completely, completely different. different. Not saying Cam didn't work or do these things, but bro, he just did a right. different style. So right. it, it's, it's more than one way to skin a cat. Right. Well, you mentioned Cam Newton. What do you think of Richardson? Did I hear of Cam Newton as a comp on the line? Dude, that's, the not even, that's not even close to a comp. No. Um, he, they're just two big athletic guys. Um, Cam, number one, Cam's way bigger. Way bigger. Um, Anthony Richardson is a big dude, though. He's a freak. Freak athlete. Faster than he is. Like He's, more, he's a better runner than he is thrower right now. And he can throw a ball 70 yards, like with a flick of a wrist. Easy. The ball just flies out of his hands. So he has plenty of arm talent. But it's going to be what you talked about earlier is the the whole processing thing. Mm -hmm. How fast can he read coverages and pick things up? Because he never picked up a squat corner to the field. He threw three interceptions this year. Just like, eh. He looks over. I'm throwing it. And it's like, no, that corner's not playing two. He's not playing quarters. Bro, he's sitting and squatting and <laughs> interception. So teams knew that. They game for it. And also, but he's a, a game changer with his legs. Yeah. So, yes, he will be considered a project. But I'm telling you, man, it's just fans and organizations aren't patient anymore. No, so you man. draft a quarterback in the first round, they like, I'm <laughs> buying the jersey when he playing. Right. You know, like <laughs> that's what they want. And so when you draft a guy that high, uh, you would really invest in him. So you yeah. want him to be the starter at some point and run and be the quarterback for your organization. I'm just not sitting up here telling you it's going to be next year, two right. years. He's probably a three-year guy before he's even Oof. ready to go. And he'll come in and make splash plays. 
he'll come in and look great. But he's going to look very bad at times, too. You just got to be ready to deal with that. I think it, well, who's, your guy, who, who's your guy then? Like, give me, give me a uh, an underclassman quarterback. You know, I know Adam and, uh, and Ryan and I have gone back and forth on Caleb Williams. I like Drake May from UNC. All right, who you, you like? Know. Who you like? No, you guys are gonna tell me. You guys are gonna all tell right. me the answer first. I think I think we all like Caleb a lot. Uh, oh, I yeah. like Drake May. I don't think Adam's watched him as much. I haven't, but, haven't, seen, haven't seen enough of him. Have an opinion. Yeah. Uh, so you like two, Drake May over Caleb Williams? No, I didn't say I like him over him. I said oh. I like both of them. <laughs> give me Caleb, obviously, over Drake. Okay. All right. What, so, give, me, give me your input. What you got? No, for me, I, I'm taking – I would take Caleb number one over everybody in this class as well. Um, Time if close. He was dra- <laughs> if he was draft eligible. Um, personally, because he's got the size and he's yeah. got the arm talent and he is a true dual-threat quarterback. Right. When I, when this cat breaks the pocket, yes. he can roll. Yes. So – I don't love his ball security, but the kid can roll. Like, you can't deny those things. And he's got the size to go with it. He looks like the prototypical quarterback that you would want. So you got everything you need. He can throw the ball from every angle imaginable as far as, like, arm angles. He's got plenty of arm to do everything. For me, Caleb Williams is elite. Um, His defense is just trash at USC. Like, they're trash. So it's not – you didn't say, like, man, Caleb Williams, you cost him a game this year. No. The defense was trash. Um, Drake May cost his team some ball games late in the year as he started to play better and better competition. And, yes, he's young. So, you know, he he threw some interceptions, and that really cost the team. And he, I'm looking forward to him seeing him improve. He went to high school right down the – right across the street over here at Myers Park Mm -hmm. here in Charlotte. So – uh, yeah, he's a local kid. I saw him play in high school. He's a good kid. He was coached up really well by Josh McCown uh, in high school. So he has good pedigree. I mean, his, his dad's an athlete. His brother played at UNC Chapel Hill for basketball. He's going to have all the size. He's got all the talent. I mean, he moved here to Myers Park to play quarterback. So uh, And he stayed here in North Carolina to play quarterback in state. So I like where he comes from. I, I, I don't think... I don't think you can go really wrong with both. That's also, that leads me to a question for you guys. Sean Payton's coming up in a lot of these conversation talks. So if I'm Mickey Loomis, when do you make the trade? And are you willing to take a a first rounder for next year? Yes. And not just a first rounder for this year? I personally, let me me say this. I would And would you trade him to Carolina? Yes. Yes. I would. I'm taking a chance, and I want the first-round pick in 2024. Because, like you said, you're taking Caleb Williams over any quarterback <laughs> in this draft class. And to be honest, we're not getting high enough this year anyway, okay. unless we trade a bunch of future assets to uh, to move up, move up again, which we don't need to do after doing that last year. So give me the pick in 2024. Let's see how the season goes. You know, looking at Dennis Allen's track record in, in Oakland, it's not out of the realm of possibility to say he starts off one and four, one and five, and he's out of here by mid-season. Look, you know, not saying it's going to happen, but it's but it's a possibility. Out of here, you can't go anywhere. He'll have to play. He'll be coaching next year. It's okay. No, 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 right. no, no. He's, he's coaching next year. What I'm saying is next year, I can see them getting off to a slow start. Oh, like okay, you, okay. Yeah. He has not won more than – this is the first year he coached a team winning more than four games in four years. I mean, yeah. that's not a good track record. No, it's so, not. I, you know, I said give on me, a, give, give me give me the pick in twenty twenty four. 
I okay, would prefer you, you, would, you would take it. Okay. All right. Yeah. I said that on, on the radio today, man, and people are like, people going crazy up here in Carolina because they want Wilkes deep down. But they're like, man, boy, that bad boy Sean Payton looks really good, though. Man, <laughs> that bad boy Sean I know we hated him when he was on the other sideline. Hey. But but we'll kind of take him over here because he has a proven track record to win it. Here, here's, I had a to say here. <laughs> here. Here's what I would do. I would take Carolina's ninth overall pick this year because my concern is that even if they gave you 20, 2024 next year and not nine, Sean has kind of already shown he's able to coach and overachieve teams who may not be that talented. Like, so I can see that pick in theory in paper it should be like a high pick. That pick may be 11, 12. And then maybe if you're then combining the Saints pick next year, first round and 2024, you can move up. But unless there's a team who gets the number one overall pick next year and already has a franchise quarterback, like anyone who needs a quarterback is going to take Caleb one, like anyone. Yeah. Like, so for me, you get nine and at that point, you know more than likely that potentially Chicago is not going to take a quarterback at one. Potentially. And you call up Ryan Poles and you say, I got nine. And you have to have conviction on either, for me, it would be Bryce or CJ. I just, I going, Sean going to Carolina, like I can see them winning more games than they're supposed to win. I don't think you're wrong about that. I, I just don't know. Like, do you have enough to move up? Do you have enough? That's the Are question. You, is is nine going to be good enough to get you like what you want? Once well, it would be, Probably it would not. be nine in 2024's first to go from nine to one potentially. Yeah, maybe, even maybe not, that not might that's, be. That's not going to be enough. San Francisco. It's not enough. Club anymore. Yeah. yeah, it's not enough. Sean, the San Francisco gave up three first rounders. So the market's already been set. So not you might not have enough. to you might have to include like a Lattimore or something. You know what I'm saying? Like you would, right there we go. But my, my, but I think my thing is if you I'm move to Lattimore, one, I want Ram check. I want to gut you. I want Ram. Oh, take take, take Ram. Like <laughs> his, his his knees. No 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 offense to Ram, but the, but if, I'm just saying if you can go to one and have conviction and get a guy and he's the guy and you don't have to worry about like the whole trajectory of the team completely changes. Well, it's just, yeah. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Let me say this. I'm not, I say I want 2024, not under the assumption that the Panthers are going to have a top 10 pick. I'm saying it because oh, I think you're saying, we're going to have – Thanks, go ahead. What's up? No, no, no. I think we're going to be in that same range. Top 10, unless, right. Unless something drastic happens at quarterback this year. And, yeah. And, you know, we have better but, health. We're, we're going to be in the same yeah, but you're I, still agree. I agree. You're still agree, fighting against the other team who may get number one who is not going to move off that pick at all. Like, at least right, this year in Chicago. It, but, but in 2024, you got – you have your – 2024 pick, which under yeah. my scenario would be around 10, 11, 12, whatever. Right. You have the Panthers pick, which realistically would Peyton probably in the teens. Maybe, you take, maybe right. you get, yeah, somewhere around there. And at that point, you could also trade the following years first. So you would have three to play with to get up to that one. Yep. But, if a, but if a team loves Caleb and they see him as the next Mahomes, which I, he's the second best quarterback I've seen, like it doesn't, the picks don't matter at that point. Yeah. They got the guy. But what, if, like, what, if, but what if what if the wheels fall off with the Chargers, and uh, they got the first pick? They got Justin Herbert. I'm not saying that's, that's going to happen. I'm just throwing out the hypothetical. That's a gamble. That's a team that trade. That's a team that trade. It's like being in but, Vegas. Like, do I want do I want the what in hand this season, or do I do I want next season? I, yeah. I, I get it, Adam. But you know that happened to Chicago this year. Like Chicago yeah. wheels fell off. Like, and they got a quarterback. So it's yeah. like, sure. I mean. What they're right. What they're trying to do right now is they're trying to get people. They're trying to act like they want a quarterback. Oh, of course. Oh, yes. Just yes. so somebody can come up because they oh, know they control the draft, draft starts at number two. hundred percent. So it, it's just it, it, it's how you do it. It's how you align it. And like like Max said, man, we we just don't know exactly how the chips will fall on yeah. a season to season basis. Like we can look up and the Patriots freaking suck. Yeah. You know, like, and, and that could just as easily happen. So, um, so for I mean, for look, even for with you, Peyton Roman, Manning with the Colts, Peyton Manning with the Colts were great for so long. He got right. hurt one year, and they would they never won a game. Yeah, and they, and what, they got let him go, and they got Andrew Luck. So it's like, yeah. Just, but, but actually, but, and Roman, Roman, we'll take it to the NBA when David Robinson got hurt. Yes, yeah, and they Ken Duncan comes in. That's yeah. what I'm Adam. That's what I'm talking about. You don't know, like something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get I get the what ifs. I I 100% get. I guess my question Roman is and I, maybe it may be hard for you, to, but what would you see if you're the Saints as fair draft compensation for a Sean Payton trade? First and a third, if um first and a fourth, if if I don't get this year's first, I want more. I would like a future second. Yeah. I'll take I'll take the second a second round pick in 2 years. I don't care as long as I get a first in there too. But if I have to take futures, then I'm going to want a higher future. future, You know what I'm saying? Now, if I get this year's, then I'll take a fourth. You know what I'm saying? First and a fourth, whatever that is. I do want two picks though. You're not just going to give me a first and get him. Right. Um, I still want two picks. Uh, I I still see a ton of value and starters. People still get starters in the third and fourth round. Like I want a starter in the third round. Like, it's still starters on the third and fourth round picks. So, 100%. like, that's why it's so much value placed on those. And I'm willing to give up. But I'm going to get two starters for Sean. For Sean. hmm What is your – and I, I I know you got to go. There's something I've been wanting 
because I know you've been watching college football a lot more. Them drafting Marcus Davenport, it hasn't seemed to work out the way they've hoped it has. They, they've drafted Peyton Turner, another edge, and his career's got off to a, a slow start. Both two first rounds. That was picks. nicely put. <laughs> Listen, I, I am keeping I am keeping it buttoned up to how me and Ryan usually are on this podcast. What we we know the Jeff Ireland metrics of or of how the Saints like their defensive ends to be like power guys, not so much speed guys. What has gone wrong in their scouting potentially with those two players? Because I feel like you, you talked about drafting starters. The team drafting a player, especially in the first round, and that player not working out just sets about the team tremendously. Oh, and it, it seems like recently there has been some some misses at the apple by the Saints in the draft. So, you know, it's really hard because, like, Davenport really flashed, like, two years when he was, like, marginally healthy. Right. And so and this guy has shown so much, like, good stuff pass rush percentage, winning his one-on-ones, but just can't stay on the field long enough to, like, figure the game out, you know? And it's really tough to, like, build confidence and, like, learn your craft and master your craft when you're always on the tub or you're always in the table. Like, it's just really hard to 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 become the great player that everybody anticipated him to be. And, and that kind of goes the same way with – um the guy from uh, uh, Houston as well. Uh, Turner. Turner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, I mean, he didn't even dress for games this year. So I, I yeah. don't know. Healthy you know, stretch. like when you got a first round guy that's not dressing and it's not because of health or whatever it is, I mean, that lets you know um, the one guy, uh, he balled out this year too, the other end that actually played for him. Um, Granderson? Yeah, Granderson. Yeah. Like ball. So yeah. it sucks, um, you know, but it's also sometimes the guys that get paid the most, I mean, they flat out act like they, and they believe they know more than everybody else and mm. they get it wrong. And when they get it wrong, it sets us back. Yeah. It sets the organization back. And so Big that's why these first round picks, man, they got to be home runs. I mean, it's only 20, it's 32 of them. It's they're right. hard to miss on too. It, it's, it's, Man, first-round picks got to be home runs. That's gotta what be. I believe. It's and I must. don't give a lot of teams credit or organizations credit when they get a first-round pick right. I'm like, dude, I mean, <laughs> like, it's 300 guys. Like, you get one out of the first, like, you should be able to get that one right. You should right, get that right. one right. And you make your organization based upon what you do on that second to fifth-round picks and those right. sixth and seventh-round picks. Like, that's where the team is really built at. Yeah. Uh, success. Um, but first rounders got to be home runs. And when you miss on those, it really just, cause now you're paying a guy a high number and it's like, you're not getting the production you want mm-hmm. and the fans, they remember that. Oh, oh. Yes. <laughs> it, it yeah, just bothered. I don't know Nobody's why he's that mad when you miss on a third rounder, bro. They're not yeah. mad. They're not, they're not first rounders. Oh. They're like, bro, you, <laughs> home run. Got to have a home run. It just really just stood out to Ryan and I and even Max that like Peyton Turner was healthy week 18, a quote unquote, not a meaningless game, but a game didn't have any significance. And it's like, he can't be out there getting snapped, like playing time, like, like, no, just nothing. What is going on? 
you you always got to ask questions when you got the first rounder, bro, and you're like, bro, you're not even dressed. That means like we can do this without you. Yeah, you. Wow, that's a good way to put it. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. We can do this without you. I know we drafted you, but not this time. All right, you sit right there. I don't have any more for Ryan. I know uh, yeah. uh, for Roman. I don't want to keep him. Mar- yeah, we, we already one took more. him an hour, man. He said we, we did. We did. <laughs> no, man, it, it happened fast, fellas. It's all good, man. I, I appreciate the the love, and I don't get to talk a lot of New Orleans ball up here in Carolina all the time. So yeah. it was cool, man. I I I, I think I'm, I'm thankful for it. And Max knows how much I, I love him and care about him. So anybody that's with him, man, it's like family. So it's all good, fellas. Love appreciate you, it. We love you, bro. We love you. We, Thanks, man. Appreciate love, that. Love you guys. fans. It's just it's incredible for you being you, Lance, being on our podcast. It's it's mind blowing. It's it's we really appreciate it. Oh man, Lance is my brother too, man. We we do couples trips every year, so um, it's nothing but love. Max, I'll see you soon when I come to New Orleans, bro. I'm, I'm trying to come down for Mardi Gras, so bring it on, I'll, brother. Sure I'll link. All right, all right. Shout out to you, my man. Right, Thank man. you, man. Thank good, you, Robin. We're gonna talk you, to. Thanks for having me. Talk, right, talk to Max a little bit more and close this one out. Thank you, Roman. Max, still nice. got you on, man. I, now, now, now we can, now we can shoot the shit. I don't want to shoot the shit a little bit with, with Roman. <laughs> now we don't have to be filtered anymore. Huh? Now we don't got to be filtered. No. <laughs> this, this is the not safe for work version episode part of the podcast. <laughs> As someone who you said eighty nine, you kind of that that comic captured everything for you, right? Was eighty mm-hmm. nine? Okay, eighty-seven. Sorry, I was not thought of at that point. <laughs> to see where the team is, and I know you both, you and Ryan, have seen the team, dark times, the Dicka days, all that. To kind of see the team where it is now, after Sean Payton, you know, has built built up this program in a 15, 16 year stretch, and seeing how it went under with Dennis Allen for one season. We still have Pete Carmichael, who's still the offensive coordinator for whatever reason. I don't know. Someone who puts their hard earned money into buying season tickets, renewing season tickets. How, like, how are you feeling as, as, as a fan who is a super fan for the, for the saints? Man, to be honest with you, it's kind of Dominic, AKA angry who had a, had a funny, tweet about an hour, hour and a half ago, talking about how it, it brings him back to when he was 15 years old. You know what I mean? And this is, this is what it's like, you know, growing up, watching the team, you know, 87, we make the playoffs. You got a good run with the Dome Patrol. You know, the city's going nuts, four straight playoff appearances. And then it kind of gets a little dark, you know, yeah. towards the, uh, the end of the, the mid and then uh, end of the 90s. You know, that's when, uh, with all the Billy Joes, I mean, we had more, yeah. Joe's in an episode of Dukes of Hazard, you know, right. and it's just was uh, that was the, the abyss of quarterback play. I remember talking myself into Heath Schuler and and uh, Vodka Collins when we picked him up after he got cut by the Panthers. Oh. You know, it's just uh, that was low, and that's why you know before we started, I was telling y'all, man, I didn't think I'd ever see a Super Bowl in my lifetime. Hell you no, know, and, and we we text about it all the time, talking about how the, the Saints sold their souls to the devil for that 2009 season. And I'm fucking happy with it. And I'm glad they did it, dude. I'll suffer through <laughs> a few more seasons because 2009. Got that one. Got that one, well, that was That was incredible, man. You know, I can't uh, 
I can't explain to you, you know, if we went to Miami for the regular season game in 2009, that, that game where we were getting, you know, taken out to the woodshed in the first half. All-timer. And, yeah, you know, I'm in, I'm in the front row with my buddy uh, Raybot, and the sun is just beating down on us in that first oh, half. Oh, yeah. You know, and all the all the other fans are around us, the uh, the Dolphins fans. And they're like, man, y'all aren't used to this heat. I'm like, bullshit, I'm from New Orleans. I'm used to this. But we were dying. Like, the sun was just going. I'm painted up, and I'm telling you, it holds in all the moisture. So no sweat is coming out. Like, I'm just baking. And then, you know, we, Raybon and I looked at each other and we're like, it's cool, we got this. Because you watch the first four or five games that year, we were blowing people yeah. out. Yeah, them and up. then... Like clockwork, man, that second half started, and the Saints just turned it around and, and blew out the Dolphins. And we were joking around. We're like, look, we're just claiming our spots right now for the Super Bowl in a couple months because we're going to be back here. And sure man. enough, you know, we get to the end of the season, and we, we made it back to Miami for the Super Bowl. And that was, you know, one of the most amazing weeks of my life, man. You know, we were just going from uh, party to party, you know, finding where all the news crews were. I gave a couple of interviews on, like, WGNO and but you know my mom calls me and she's like I just saw you on TV thank you for not cursing <laughs> you know and it's just walking around in a in a drunken haze for like four days but it was incredible you know we had so much fun you know and then the rest of the uh, the Sean Payton era obviously for the most part was was pretty amazing you know you take away Minneapolis miracle uh, the no call you know the forty nine eleven pain 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 but you know, look. This is this is the price. I think this is the price we had to pay for selling our souls to the devil for that for that one Super Bowl. And look, man, I'm fine with it. Now that being said, I don't like spending the money I spend on the uh, the season tickets. You know, to watch them to watch them play like they played this year. You know, where it's just the uh, it's well documented, man. Just 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 sloppiness all around. You know, they didn't really look prepared. I mean, you guys have touched on this in every every damn episode this season. Every um, one of them. Every just one, the, of, you know. And the, the lack of hope. It's just like I can see if you like build if you build it towards something, and it's like okay, maybe. But it's like there was no hope this season. It was like None. okay, we won the game. Like good, you know that's nice. Well, it's, <laughs> it's funny because I think I, I tweeted fire Dennis Allen back in September. Right? Yeah, because like you could just see it then. I'm you like, can see it. He, he's in over his head. He, 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 this is not the guy we need, you know. And and look, I get it. They weren't gonna they weren't gonna get rid of him, you know. After no. one season, that was a that was a pipe dream. And uh, you know, I can kind of see the logic behind that. You know, you don't want to be that organization. Like, look at the Texans. You got two quarterbacks, uh, two yeah. uh, coaches. They both lasted one season each. Yeah. You know, what coach wants to go there? Right, right, right. Because you're looking at the yeah. ownership, and you're like, these guys are a joke. And you know, this is a dog, a dog and pony show personified. And Mickey so Loomis, I, I mean, Mickey Loomis in his press that was like the first thing he talked about. Is he said stability like eight times, bro? Oh my god, stability. so many times. And look, man, I, I get it. I get it. There, From his there's, perspective, there's, I get it. Yeah, there's there's logic to it, and it's uh, it's going to be a fun offseason. I'll tell you that because Saints Twitter is fucking divided, dude. Like, there's about to be the Saints Twitter civil war. Where, where, <laughs> maybe I'm maybe, I don't mind you being drawn, man. Maybe I'm blocked too many people the way you're not seeing it. Yeah, oh, yeah. Adam blocked everybody, bro. Yeah. bro like, the, the, the shotgun's right, going off. It? I'm just I'm on my porch, just like just drinking, just not seeing shit, bro. Like, 
All right. Well, look, 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 Ryan, you're seeing it. You're seeing it on there, man. It's funny. I'm in a couple of different discords. And uh, I don't, you know, because last draft season we had the, uh, the multiple first round picks. So at this point, I was, I needed to take in as much Saints content as possible. You know, yeah. obviously been supporting you guys since day one. Uh, I hopped on the uh, the Saints Happy Hour pod for uh, for a hot minute. I'm still in their Discord. I guess they didn't kick me out. <laughs> but it's just funny seeing the, the difference in opinions. Yeah. You know, on, on just where where everybody stands and and uh, you know the, the logic behind people's stances, and you know I try to to look at it a little bit more objectively. You know, in the middle of the right. season, obviously I'm looking at it from an emotional standpoint, and it, I'm just pissed off because you know when you spend a couple thousand dollars on season tickets, <laughs> and, you know you want to get entertainment out of it. Right. And the Raiders game was enter- the Raiders game was entertaining. You know what I mean? Amazing. It was, it was incredible, and it was perfect that it coincided with the uh, with the meetup. You know, but the rest of the the home games we went to, man, they were they were painful, and it it's just that's not fun. No, nope. you know, and, and I know you guys you guys preach you know the whole separate yourselves. I can't do that. Like I'll be we, honest with you, I can't. we've had this conversation. Yeah, like I I'm institutionalized at this point, man. I'm like Red and Shawshank. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm sorry, I read, uh, uh, what's his name? The old man in the library. Yeah, uh, and it, it, it's, it's, I'm stuck here, dude. You know, there's, I'm, I'm going to be in, I'm going to be in St. Shawshank until, until I'm gone. <laughs> and, and it's, uh, you know, yeah, the no call pissed me off to no end. It's probably one of the worst days, you know, oh. it's by far the worst game I've ever been to, but also one of the worst, you know, just experiences Bro. days in general. Uh, like I can't even describe to you, and, and everybody in that in the in the uh, dome was feeling the same thing. You know, we were all. I might have killed somebody. Dude. <laughs> it, was, it, was it was true grief. Bad, it was a true grieving process after that, bro. Like it was uh, rough, man. Like it was a grieving I, process, man. I deleted dude, my Twitter and, and, for like two weeks, and Ryan was hitting me up with like, "Bro, some people asking about you." If you're old, like, I, I, I remember that. I remember that. I, uh, I couldn't, didn't, didn't watch the Super Bowl. You nope. know, and even now, man, I don't like the NFL. You mean, bro? I just mean in general. I don't like, I would not watch the NFL if the Saints were not in the NFL. If this team ever moves, I won't watch the NFL pro football again. I'll Good. sit by a happy ass at home and watch some college football, follow the draft, and then the second they go to the pros, I'm going to, I'm going to shut them out. You're done. You know, it's just, it's, I'm addicted to the Saints. I don't the, the NFL. Eh, they can, they can, I could, I could leave them. You know, but as far as separating, you know, myself from from the team, you know, emotionally, that that ain't happening. You know, I deep. wish I could do it. It's a dude. Deep. I wish I could. I wish I could, man. <laughs> you know, it's uh, like I was telling y'all earlier when Roman's on the podcast. You know, it, it's my mom. She she was always. She used to worry about me when I was in school, you know, grade school, mm. because for the first semester or two, you know, the first half of the year, the school yeah, yeah, yeah. Like September to December. Yeah. She's like, I always thought you were depressed. I'm like, I'm depressed. I'm just watching the fucking Saints. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's just, it is what it is. And, and, you know, I'm going to talk myself into getting fired up for next seasons. You know, I'll talk myself into whatever shitty quarterback that they end up, uh, Signing off the scrap heap this year, you know whoever this year's Andy Dalton is going to be. Might just be but, Andy Dalton again, but I'm just <laughs> yeah. Look, man, he 
Jesus Christ, now I'm talking myself into it. No, it's like <laughs> Andy Dalton. And Andy Dalton, you know, for all for all the shit we he deserves, he, he also played better than any of us expected. You know, like if you would have told if you would have said anything about Andy Dalton starting, you know, however many games he started, what would he like? What? 13? 13, yeah. I think he started twelve or thirteen. If yeah, you I think would have told me Andy Dalton yeah. was going to start twelve or thirteen games, I would have told you we were going two and fifteen. Yep. You know what I mean? And it's just Jameis. You know, he wasn't. He's not a fit for for what they were trying to do here. It's this whole square peg, round oh. hole mm-hmm. analogy. And uh, you know, my God, that on Twitter is a whole a whole another civil war. You oh. got the, the Jameis fanatics. You know, Jameis oh. one. You know that dude leading his army against against the other side, and it's since Twitter's a fascinating place, man. It's, it's, hey, bro, that's why we name our podcast for it, bro. It's, it's his only thing, you know what I'm saying? Well, dude, uh, it cracks me up because remember the uh, what was it, the, the Saints Twitter bracket? Oh, was that a year or two ago? Oh, Spe- speaking God. of civil wars, oh my God, man. Uh, you think of the different the different figureheads for the different sides you got. Like, I mean, I think NATO's still running around somewhere. I think <laughs> Some, somewhere o- offering to pick up people from from the airport or some. I don't know. I don't, I, I, it, I, it's I, just it, it's going to be a fun off season. You know, one way or the other, there's going to be chaos. Um, chaos. Expect that. Expect yes, it. might, you know, it might it, not be fun, but it's going to be chaotic, bro. <laughs> you know what? It, it'll be fun for us. Look, it's going to give you guys. I'm going to enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it regardless. It'll yeah. be whatever. Look, it's going to give you guys, you know, content for the shows. And uh, I know y'all are more fans of the NFL than I am. So it's, uh, I know Adam especially loves watching the uh, the chaos and what goes on and and how everything impacts each other. I think as I've, especially as the NFL product in terms of officiating has just gotten awful. Like I still watch games, right? But I, I love the... And both Ryan and I are like this. We love the team building aspect of seeing how teams. That's that's like, my thing. The team building that, aspect. Like that, yeah. That's our thing. And so I think for me as a Saints fan, especially the last couple of like kind of like this last offseason going into DA's first season, it was just so many things that just didn't make sense from a team building perspective. Like just right. it just didn't make any football sense. And it was just like, right. what, what, like what are we what are we doing? Well, what are the, we doing? This, the CJ Gardner Johnson trade is the prime. The prime example. Like, like you know, I, I still need someone to to break that down to me and explain to me where the logic is in giving this guy away to the Eagles of all teams, who you already made, we'll call it a questionable trade with. Yes. You know, someone needs to explain that logic to me. Like, where, where how does this happen? Especially because if you have other teams who didn't know he was available and that would have offered you more, like yeah. that's a trade of spite. Like something that, like he said something to that's DA personal. and DA DA didn't like it, and it's like I'm going to send a message. I'm going to get your ass out of here. Like you can't like. And Sean Payton did this at times, and sometimes it was it worked out great, and sometimes it didn't. But like you have to be careful when you do things like that because it just it can backfire. Like obviously the yeah. the CD trade backfired. I think the same the thing that upsets me the most about this team, and it's this has been this way for forever, is the lack of respect for draft picks. You know, yeah. it goes back to the team building aspect that you know you guys just mentioned. You know, that's Ricky, Ricky Williams trade. Me, that's that's a prime example. You know, and I, I remember when that happened, man. I and look, we were excited. 
because we were getting for the first time one of the marquee marquee players, you know, and to to get Ricky Williams on the team after the college career he had, we were excited. Yeah. We knew it was a stupid trade. You know, yeah. you can't give up all that capital for a running back. But I think the Saints just have never had the proper respect for accumulating draft picks and actually using them, you know, to move up and down the board. Prime example, Tommy Stevens, what was that, three years ago? Yeah. The Caesar Ruiz draft? Where, 2020, where maybe. They threw away a few late-round picks to get this guy to keep him away from the Panthers. Right. Like, as, like, a Jesus like as, as a joke. Like, as a giggle. Yeah, just as, like, a <laughs> Joe Lombardi, like – like, oh, we gotta, we can't let Joe Lombardi get one on us. Not right. Joe, and, Joe Brady, I mean, oh, I'm sorry. Joe Brady, yeah. 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 And, and think about it, though. Like, what, what round was Marcus Colston picked in? Exactly. Round seven. It's the he same was, round you're throwing away to, to just stick it to one of your former colleagues. It's just stupid. Dumb. It's stupid. You know, and there's just, I really wish that they would, I don't want to say the, the Cleveland Browns, you know, the money ball approach with the draft picks that they did. But look, I love the idea of take, getting as many draft picks as you can get. Mm-hmm. You know, Darts, move man. Move up and down he, the board. Dart throws. Dart throws. It's like buying buy a lottery. Lottery, buy a lottery. There you go. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, you buy one lottery ticket for the for the Powerball, you're, not, you're probably not going to win. You know, obviously, if you buy 20 of them, you're still probably not going to win. But your chances of winning increases. go up. You know, and with, with yeah. the, uh, the late rounds being such a crapshoot, man, give me, give me as many – as many at-bats as possible. You know, yeah. I don't want to be – like Rome said, you know, you're expected to hit on those first-round picks. So let's assume teams – they don't hit on the first-round picks, which is they the don't. craziest. The fact that three first-round picks have created have given us Peyton Turner and Marcus Davenport is disgusting. Mm. You know. It's, it, it has set the that franchise be, back years. That should be – exactly. That should be three <laughs> – High-end starters. Starters. Not even high-end. Man, man I don't mean – Call it starters. Just, just a starter. And what do we have instead? We have two broken-down <laughs> defensive ends that, that don't play for whatever reason. Insane. Uh, it, it's, it's sickening, man. I'll never forget that. We uh, we went to see – I think it was Avengers Infinity War, the night of the draft, where we picked Davenport. Yeah. And I'm walking, you know, I have my phone – off for the whole movie, and I'm walking out. I turn my phone on right when the movie's over, and my buddy Nick texts me, and he's like, "We just fucking traded up to get Marcus Davenport." Yeah, I was just like, "All right, dude, I'm, I'm signing off. I don't, I don't have anything to say." <laughs> it's a great movie, great you know, movie. Enjoy I this. got, I got married that weekend. That was the weekend I was getting oh, married. Shit. So I like, I wasn't paying attention at all to the draft. Yeah, and uh, and I was just like, I was like, I. Like, okay, you know what I'm saying? Like, first round, this dude better bowl. I'm like, yeah. what the hell are they thinking, man? Like, oh. It's, it's just, it's sad, man. And Team and, building, look, bro. You know, Goes back to team building. Look, man, Adam, I get your, your, you know, your logic on, you know, if it's the Panthers, give us the night pick, take your swing this year. I just don't know if we have the capital without giving up. Like, like we said, you know, whether it's a Lattimore, or Ramjack or somebody, I'm fine. I'm fine giving up. I'll give up anybody for a quarterback because the quarterback's the most important position. But it just, I just, this was, this has been such a a topic even today. Like I think Ryan had brought it up in in the Saints for your Discord of just wh- like what is the answer at quarterback? And he kind of laid out the three options. Is kind of going one option is going balls balls to the wall if. 
you know, Lamar is available as an example, potentially trying to get him or getting like a, uh, like a reclamation project, like a Jordan Love or Trey Lance, or like, do you sign a vet and then we draft a quarterback? It's just, I just feel, and Ryan said this on the pod extensively, like, even if you give us one more year of Andy Dalton, which I do think is a possibility, which is sad to say, like, you got, it can't just be Andy, bro. Like, it, you got to give us Andy and someone that's sitting for a seat, like, so, something. But, like, if they go yeah. into next season and it's like, oh, there wasn't enough quarter that, you know, but, but like, nah. Like, at that point, we got to riot. Like, there's something that has to be done. Yeah, and and, and look, I, I, I look. In the uh, Discord, you know, I, I check it out when I whenever I can. Um, I don't post as much in there, but I, I, I kind of see what's going on in there. Um, I don't know what the answer is either, man. You know, and that, but honestly, that's the fun part of it. You know, because we're yeah. all speculating, like saying this is what I would do, and it, you know, my my thought process on what I think they should do is it, a little bit different than yours, but it's that's fun to debate. You know what I mean? Because right. we don't know we don't know which approach is going to work, and honestly, neither of them might work. You know, they could both flame out. But uh, I think it's going to be fun to to see it. You know, when you think about it, the Saints have only picked one quarterback in the first round in their history. Ryan talks history. about it often. And that's that's an amazing stat that I don't think it's talked about enough. And um, people are like, oh, we're going to draft so I'm like, <laughs> maybe, but yeah, I, show me the proof. Yeah. That- <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe, but probably not. Right. And uh, I'll be I'll be honest with you, man. You know, from from growing up as a kid and being a big football card collector, you know, I would love for the, for other reasons for the Saints to to draft a quarterback in the first round. You know, give yeah. me give me something to get behind. Give me something to get excited about. Hopefully, oh, be expecting. I won't be expecting a, a remember, playoff run in the first year. You know, but I'll be excited to watch. The growth and the, the growth. Like, yeah. I, I think a perfect example of that is the Chicago Bears, right? Like, they traded two first to get Justin Fields. And I know, you know, I don't, I don't think Justin Fields has, like, any talent around him. But imagine being a Bears fan where you're picking number one overall in this draft, but Justin Fields just gave you that season of just excitement and hope and just, like, whoo, like, I want to feel that. <laughs> you know, like, give me that. Yeah, I, you yep. give me that, and you can, we can work on everything else. But like exactly. Ryan said, just going into the feeding feel, the season, just feeling like dread and just like where are we like where is this going? Like that's not fun, man. Like as fans, like that's that is not fun at no. all. I, I, let me say this though: our division is such trash that there is a scenario. Like let's go ahead and assume Tom Brady's played his last game for the uh, the Bucks. Yeah. Let's say, you know, the, the Panthers don't get Peyton and they don't get a quarterback and they roll with Sam Darnold again. You know, the Falcons are rolling with Desmond Ritter, we, we can assume at this point. Right. There's a scenario where the Saints could get, I'm going to throw his name out here, Derek Carr. You know, someone of that that uh, that range. Give me. Give me. And they, would, and they would probably win the division if they just had decent health. And just have you know do okay. Don't lose too much in free agency and all that. Well, I think, yeah. and I think, and I think that's how the team. If you listen to Mickey's presser, he still thinks that they can contend, yeah. right or wrong. Like you can, you. That's where that they feel. That's why they didn't draft a quarterback. That's why they didn't draft Kenny Pickett last year. It's why they went with Jameis and they wanted to get 
more talent on the team and getting two first round picks. I a hundred percent believe like in their front office, that's the discussions they're having right now. Yeah. Of saying like we can we can win the NFC South, which is look, fair. Look, look. Right. But it's like I, I like can, can we look a little like I get it, you gotta win your division first. But like right. what is like the the, the bigger picture? Because even if right. you win the NFC South and you get a home game, like were we like were they gonna beat the Cowboys? Like <laughs> They would have put they up just, a better fight than the Bucks did. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, bro. Not in the not in the current health of how their offensive line was how it ended the season. <laughs> like, like the Dallas defense would have been all over the Saints offense. I just that, so the Bucks looked in that. They look like oh, they a did. high school team. Hundred percent. But I like the whole Derek Carr thing, like I know people don't want to like don't like him. Like I said in the Discord, bro, like, and I don't think he's available, but if you can get a Kirk Cousins. Bring me Kirk Cousins, like Derek Carr, Kirk Cousins. Like, I just, yeah, it got, give me an answer to the question. And hopefully we get whatever that answer is, whatever it may be, sooner rather than later. But look at, look at the rest of the team at this point. So let's say you bring it, you're able to get a Kirk Cousins or a Derek Carr. Let's just say you get reasonable health. Like, I'm not okay. asking for, you know, injury free season because obviously injuries are going to happen. Right. I'm asking for us not to have the apocalypse of injuries that we've had the last two seasons. Just to say you have reasonable injury luck. You're going to miss – You're going to probably win in the division. Now, they're, yes. not, they're not going to win a Super Bowl. Right, right, right. They're probably going to win a division and, you know, might win a game in the playoffs. Maybe two. I think, I think a big thing fans need to also realize is that the whole AK and May, not that May made a big difference, but whatever, not being suspended this – I – Highly expect both of them to be suspended at least six games to start next season. Yeah, but I think and, and that just go ahead. I would trade. I would, I would trade AK at this point. I'll be honest with you. If he, if 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 the rumors that were floating around, you know, during the trade deadline, where I think they said something, I've heard Buffalo was sniffing the around Buffalo. him. Buffalo. Yeah, but and, like, uh, I, I just don't know what his. I don't think. It kind of goes back to the whole Marcus Davenport thing. They could have got a second from the Rams from Marcus Davenport. Yeah. Deadline. And, and, and that's 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 just completely I think, irresponsible not to take that. So I think with AK, the way I look at it is that, okay, if he misses, he's going to miss six games. What is his trade value? And then if you give me the well, solution of like, we could draft Gibbs in the second and maybe get trade AK, I don't know, for fourth. Well, hold on, I'm going to give you AK's trade value. It's Christian McCaffrey this year in that, not from a production standpoint, what I'm going to say is, or for the compensation standpoint, McCaffrey got traded right at the trade deadline. Right. San Francisco, in every game he has played, has won that game. Now, I know he's missed yes. one or two games. They've won every game he's, he's played in. So that's the upside. You know, maybe Buffalo, they don't have any real running back production for the first six or seven weeks. Trade deadline, they say, hey, we're going to be picking, you know, Man. last you know, second to last pick of each round. Fuck it. Here's a second. But you know the Saints don't operate like that. You they don't, don't they operate don't. like but, that. But there's rumors <laughs> floating around that uh, that Camara and the front office are, are not seeing bro, that. I, I, could just, point, I could so. just see that conditional third-round pick a mile away, bro. I could see it. <laughs> Honestly, bro, third if, round. If, if I'm AK and, and how Pete used him throughout the season on third Peace. downs, bro, I'd be like, get me out of here, like, yeah. me out of here too. It wasn't <laughs> Dude, saying, he, I'm not saying I'm not saying the side is right or wrong. I'm just saying like the way he was de- deployed this season, the fact that David Johnson in some games run more routes than him, 
Like what? What? I mean, if you watch, if you watch the last game, how hard AK played, um, yeah. how hard he ran, yeah. it was almost like he was showing himself not just for the Saints but for the league. Like that's look, exactly what I was. I'm thinking. Still that dude. I'm still that dude. That was, like, his, you know that was his audition. Yeah, yeah, that was his audition. His tape that he's putting out for the rest of the league, saying, "I'm still me. Come get me." But the reality is, what is he? He's 27 or 28. And yeah, and whoever but, trades and whoever trades for him knows that he's not going to play for six six probably six games next season. Right. Which right. but if you're trading into a contender, do they really care? Yeah, they don't really care. You know, look, probably look not. at the Bills. They the Bills the Bills can get by without him till week. Oh yeah, week nine. Like the sure. Bills throw a second round pick, you know, in a, in a any start. Like come on now, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, easy, easy. But but, but, but you know, was a little bit older than the other running backs in that class when he was coming out. You know, because I remember looking at his age, and I was like, "Motherfucker!" Like this dude's like two years older than uh, McCaffrey. You know, and it, it's just <coughs> he's twenty-eight years old for next season. Dude, running backs, yeah. wheels fall off quick, man. Fall off, man. Like, like David Johnson. David Johnson, three years ago, four years ago, was if not the top running back in the league in the conversation. That David Johnson, just Zeke. Like, you can just name them. It, yeah. it's, it's just and it's, it's, but the the thing is, you're talking about him as a traditional running back. They need right. to get him back in the pass game, man. Like it's just like that. Whoever the offensive guru is that they bring in, if they bring somebody in, and they, they plan on keeping AK, like that needs to be like number number two on the checkbox behind quarterback. Obviously, like yeah, yep. he has to be a part of the answer because when they won yep. games this year, it was the games he played and was involved in the pass game. The yeah, Raiders. Like, what the hell? <laughs> hey man, I'll be honest with you. If I were if I were a GM, I'm picking up running back each year in the draft. Absolutely. Give me another young, explosive guy. My guy this year, you know, Jameel Gibbs. I love him. He he's he's got some flashes of Kamara when he was coming out. You know, he's he's an amazing receiver, but he's explosive. Oh yeah. You can watch he him is. run these routes, you know, out of the backfield, and then you watch him run. He's got juice. And I know Ian talks about it all the time on Twitter. You know, we don't we need that guy that when there's a, an eight man box, this dude could take a corner, will get past the first line and just make the defense pay. We don't well, have the, we got we got Camara uh, we got Camara who's not really fast to begin with you know let's not anybody anybody right. mislead anyone like Camara never was fast he's yeah. explosive he's got that short area explosiveness right. and he's got the wiggle you know Mark Ingram was the same thing the short area explosiveness David Johnson's not fast anymore no you know who's no. the other guy you know Benjamin cool. I mean you know Benjamin you know yeah. whatever none of these guys though they they don't threaten the edge they're not going to take no. a play more than twenty yards no, no. and we need that. Like Jonathan we, Taylor a couple years ago, that would have been our guy, Jonathan Taylor. If they they did like Kenny Walker this year, but you know draft didn't work out like that. But look at um, how he runs. There's explosive plays. Oh yeah, uh, like Travis Etienne, my guy. Like love yeah. Etienne coming out. Like the last couple of years, my guys have been uh, Dalvin Cook. You know that that year, 2017. Uh, Etienne two years ago, and then Gibbs this year coming up. You know yeah. that explosive. Right, yeah, that is just going to make a defense pay. Well, they they need they need explosiveness on offense in general, right? Like they have it in Period, Ol- right. they have it on Olave, they have it in Shahid. You know, they, but they need more, obviously. Um, but we're gonna wrap up. We went an hour and a half. Amazing, amazing episode. <laughs> amazing. I want to thank Max. 
for setting all this up, for getting Roman on and then staying on with yes. us after just to talk shop. I know been been wanting to get you on for the longest time. I'm glad to find for it to finally happen. Um, you've been a supporter of mine, even back when I was doing the podcast with Nick and, you know, the fact that you're so supporter uh, with me and Ryan, man, we truly, truly appreciate it. Um, and obviously I know you're going to be at the second annual STP meetup. Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it, man. Regardless, anything that happens, Saints aside, that's what makes this fan base special. The fact right. that we come together as as community, we come together as family. Um, I do want to give a quick shout out. If you haven't, um, there is a GoFundMe for Alan Keller, who we're trying to uh, raise some funds for. We're going to close that this Friday. Um, he's a crucial part in the New Orleans community and the Saints community in terms of um, hashtag tailgate together. Just you know, raising money to feed transient people around the city of New Orleans. And he's had just a very rough, rough patch personally. So we as a Saints family wanted to get together and and just look out for him because that's what we do. Yeah. Um, so thank you so much for coming on, Max. We really appreciate it, man. Well, I got one hey, question for Max. Max, is Sean Payton going somewhere this season? And if so, where? I think he absolutely gets traded this season, this offseason, Man, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna try to will this into existence because in theory the compensation would be higher. Carolina, okay. Compensation higher than number nine or or a pick next year? Just a little bit more than just what the 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 uh, the other teams would have to give up. Right. Like I will say this: I have a I have a theory. I saw Ben Johnson today withdrew his name from consideration for the Panthers job. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. I'm kind of the conspiracy theory in me is like, mm-hmm. hey, maybe, maybe Dan Campbell maybe let him know a little something. Yeah, and so I'm gonna throw it out on the limb. I'm gonna say Carolina, just like Bill Belichick uh, congratulating the wrong Brian. I'm like, oh, <laughs> 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 whoops, whoops. No, but uh, but no, man. Thanks for having me on. I had a great time talking with you guys, and uh, yeah, you guys are doing great, great work. The best podcast out there. So Love keep you, it bro. up, man. Love you, Appreciate bro. it, man. You much, much love. See, see you at the next meetup, man. Love you, man. Absolutely. All right, guys. Good night. All right. All right. And with that, we're out. Peace. Time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.